0: discovery. I'm going to lead us into our time of teaching. Uh, Youth, I'll go ahead and uh, send you out to your time. Thanks for being here and worshiping. Book of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, um, where we will have our teaching uh, today. If you need a Bible, you can put up your hands and you'll get one of these blue Bibles and you'll find 2 Corinthians on page 563. You can also open your app on your device uh, and find the scripture there uh, as well. Um, we are uh, talking about the topic of generosity. Uh, we've been, uh, this is week three of this uh, little series that we've been in, uh, really discussing the idea of generosity. Uh, generosity is um, when we give more of ourselves than is expected, when it flows out of us. We've been talking about the fact that we have a very generous God who has uh, been shown his great generosity through sending his son Jesus. And so we believe, as followers of Jesus, those of us who know and understand God's generosity, that we should be among the most generous people on the planet. And uh, we've looked, as individuals, the reality is, when we know the generosity of God, we are generous people. Yes, we struggle uh, with that sometimes, and we come across as not too generous, but God has created us to be generous people, and he empowers us through his Holy Spirit to be who we cannot be in and of ourselves. This church here uh, is an incredibly generous church. I've been here for 14 and a half years. And if I could recount all of uh, the stories uh, of the generosity, you have been so generous um, towards one another, so generous uh, towards my family, so generous towards uh, staff. Yes, sometimes we struggle to be those generous people, but we have seen the generosity of God towards ourselves. We are uh, showing that generosity towards others. And over these years, uh, as I presented to you, we just want to say, how is it that we can do more of God's work? How can we build more of his kingdom here and be more of who he has called us to be? So let's start this morning uh, with reading 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 15. Uh, Then I'll pray for us, and then we'll talk about uh, this thing Uh, that we call generosity. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 says this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. God, thank you for your grace that you welcome us to come to gather in this place to receive from you all over again. God, we need a word from you this morning. God, we need a fresh outpouring of your grace. God, we need to be refreshed in you. God, you know we're going to talk about generosity here and I know there's going to be some of us that just say you're talking about overflowing and I'm just so empty inside. God, that's why we're here. To first be filled with you. Would you send your Holy Spirit right now to meet us where we are? For those of us who are discouraged and dry, would you fill us up? Be our encourager. For those of us who Uh, have been dealing with the guilt and the shame of our sin. Help us to know your grace, Jesus. Uh, For those of us who don't know how we're going to make it through this week in one way or another, God, would you be our provider that we can be who you've called us to be? God, meet us where we are. Would your spirit come? Help me to be a spirit-empowered speaker. God, would you make us all spirit-empowered hearers of your word this morning? We desperately need to receive from you. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you've ever thought that the Bible is uh, hard to understand, um, there are a lot of pieces of Scripture that we kind of wonder, "What's what's the point of this?" Uh, you know, sometimes we go through kind of this deep study and depend on others to kind of uh, show us, you know, Greek words and whatnot. Uh, but the good news for this morning is that our passage gets right to the point and makes it very clear. Paul, the apostle who wrote this letter, has been talking about all things generosity and giving, but he doesn't want us to miss the point, point. and so he begins, and he says, the point is this, to make it abundantly clear. He doesn't want us to miss what really God has been showing his people throughout all of scripture. The apostle Paul says here, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. That, that's the point. He makes an agricultural point. Now, I don't think we have to be farmers to get what he's saying here. I am not a very good gardener, but some of you are. And you, we all know that if you want tomatoes, what do you plant? Tomatoes, right? If you want a lot of tomatoes, what do you plant? A lot of tomatoes. We reap what we sow. And I am honestly jealous of some of you when I come over and you're like, come, look in my garden. Look at the strawberries that bountifully are there. Look at the tomatoes. Pick them and eat them and enjoy them. Because in my backyard, all I have are burrs. All I have are burrs that my little fluffy dog keeps getting burrs stuck in her hair because I don't even have grass. I have a lot of weeds, and so what I get, rather than cultivating a lawn, watering it, nourishing it, what I get at the end of the day is weeds. I don't complain about it because I know this principle. I get what I sow, and I'm reaping what I sow. The point of all of this is we get what we put in. We get what we put in. So give a little, get a little. Give a lot, get a lot. Invest a little bit, and you'll get maybe a little bit out. Invest more, and you will get more out. Now, just to be clear, in case some of you are saying, okay, where are we going? Is this like prosperity gospel that we teach in Western culture a lot, that if I give the right amount, God will then bless me financially? God will then bless me with big house and and, uh, fancy cars? We're not going prosperity gospel here. But we have to understand this point. We reap what we sow. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Because at the end of the day, this truth stands. And God calls us to understand this point, maybe to wrestle with it a little bit. Our view of giving needs to change. Because it's not just about Fulfilling an obligation. It is about having a change of heart that gives generously, that gives from the heart, having received from God that we want to give more. That's what giving looks like. And when it comes to getting, we have to change our mind to just think, I want a bigger bank account. I I want a bigger this. I want a nicer that. I want more stuff. That's not what's guaranteed. But God does say, Give and you will get. And you will receive. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. It is blessed to give. One of his disciples, Peter, was struggling with this one day. And he asked Jesus. And Peter wasn't afraid to ask the question. And many of us can benefit from him asking these questions even today. Peter, who had left everything, he asked. He says, Jesus, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Pretty bold question to ask Jesus, right? What did you, Jesus do? He replies As Everyone who's left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, children, or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. We don't take that to the place of going to uh, just kind of this prosperity gospel, but we have to understand and wrestle. What we invest is what we receive. Remember it's Jesus died on the cross to give us much, every spiritual blessing, it says. And so we change from just thinking of kind of physical stuff to spiritual stuff. So it's not just physical blessing, it's spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing. It is selfish if we say, "I want to give to God so that I can get more to build my kingdom." It is not selfish to say. I want to give so that I can receive more of Jesus. Because Jesus wants to give us more of him. And he says, test me in this. I'll continue to give and pour out on you. We need to transition from thinking earthly to thinking eternal. And so uh, when we think of this, this principle, wrestle with it. Think about it. Don't go to the point of just saying, I just want more stuff, and so I'll give a little bit. Hopefully God will give me more stuff. But say, when it comes to generosity, how much can I give and see how God blesses? You get what you put in is the principle, the point of all of this generosity. Do not miss this. We get what we put in. My first example of generosity um, came from my parents. Many of us, our first examples of a lot of things, whether it's generosity or not, came from our parents, and mine did as well. My father was an immigrant from Germany, uh, worked first as a laborer, uh, shoveling concrete, ended up having a, a little business, but he was nothing fancy ever in his life. In fact, he always used to say, one day I'm going to uh, own a Mercedes-Benz. Um, I think probably some of the German, you know, coming in there, he, that's what he wanted. But my dad never would have owned a Mercedes Benz. That's, that's not the guy that he was. He drove around an old truck, and you never look at him and said that he had much. And I remember a story that he used to tell of a one day when him and my mom were a younger couple with young kids, and, and they were struggling to make ends meet. If you've ever had one of those days where you write out the budget and just, like, it doesn't add up. He had one of those days, and so a thing that I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but he ripped up the budget and said, well, we'll give 10% to God and see what happens. And it was that faith that I believe that God would provide that ended up reaping bountifully of the spiritual blessings. What do spiritual blessings look like? I'll tell you the example of my father. It looked like 37 years of marriage— Till death did indeed them part. It looked like having five kids that grew up and that today are all not perfect kids, not had it all together, but are following Jesus today, them and their spouses. Sixteen grandkids that one by one are making decisions to be baptized and to follow Jesus. It looked like, if you want to get financial, it looked like putting five kids through college four of them through private school. Now, we know what that means, and God did provide. I can't remember once, as I was thinking about it, once when, when I said, you know, I, I was in need, or I was really even in want. The one time I wanted uh, for Christmas a, a Nintendo. Um, I, I didn't get it, but that was more a philosophical reason than a financial reason, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I, I just kept playing my Atari, and all was well. And, and today, I experience the spiritual blessings of faithful parents. And I'll tell you, if you want to know the real spiritual blessing, when I came out here and I started grad school in 2000, I got a phone call at 3 a.m. in the morning that my father had suddenly, in the middle of the night, passed away. So I flew back to New York, went to the funeral. At that point, I was on a career track, wasn't walking with the Lord too closely, uh, not even married yet. I remember being at his funeral. And watching as one person after another came up and talked about the generosity that had been given to them and I realized then that it's more than about the earthly goals it's more about the than the earthly purpose and that there is an eternity that we live for and what we do in this life makes a difference on into all eternity and even multiplies from there I'll tell you church if you want to know, if you experience anything from me, I point back to a couple faithful parents who decided to trust God with whatever they had. And also to love and bestow generosity on others. You see, generosity, as we talk about, it's more than an act. It's more than something that we do each Sunday. It's more than something that we do a couple moments a week or a couple times a year to make sure we feel good. No, generosity is a position of our heart that we have set our eyes on because we have seen the cross of Jesus and we have received from God. And so we set our minds, we set our hearts, we set our eyes on God's generosity flowing to, through us to others. It's a position of the heart and it's one we struggle with sometimes. We struggle I know probably most of us here. If we were to ask the question, "Who thinks we should be generous?" we'd probably raise our hands. Who think God is generous, and so we'd raise our hands. But we struggle, right? We have doubts that God will provide. We have worries. We go through different seasons where we lose a job, or where sometimes even. If we're getting promotions, the, just the needs in life. Any parents out there who, as a parent of four kids that keep growing, one thing I've realized, they need to eat. <laughs> and, and they should have the opportunity to do some activities. They uh, go to school. They go on field. It costs. And so sometimes it's like just the needs continue to be more. How is it? And we struggle. Sometimes, to get honest, we just get selfish. And we say, I've given enough. It's time for me. I had an uh, opportunity to learn this week um, where we had a college student who's in medical school now. Um, he was here, a college student, baptized here uh, as well, and, and was an awesome um, part of our family uh, for that time. He's gone to medical school, and he's gone through a few years, and now he's on these rotations a month at different spots in different places and so he uh, was uh, needing to fly to Orlando, and he wasn't going to drive there. And so um, my wife told me this way, oh, uh, he's going to leave his car for the month in our driveway. And um, I'll tell you, my first initial reaction was not generosity. <laughs> my first initial reaction was like, in our driveway for a month? Don't you know, Like I like having my driveway, I like being able to have some of that space. I, I don't really want a car there. And, and uh, my wife helped me to learn, and she spoke to me wonderfully and, and graciously. Um, but also, she said, John, what, what's going on? What's going on? Because that's not you. And I had to be honest. I had come to a place where I've been blessed to own a home, I've been blessed to have a driveway. I've been blessed to minister in a church where people get to go and to do, and here I'm worried about four weeks of having a car in my driveway. So now, for the next month, I will have a continual reminder of a car in my driveway to remind me of just how blessed I am to own a driveway and to be able to minister to college students and medical students. And you can come by and you can see that car there. Yeah, but don't miss the point. My initial, though I've had this great example of generosity, though I'm a pastor of a church and speak on generosity, I didn't want to be generous. My wife spoke some truth into me, the Holy Spirit. Anyone, your wife, uh, is a mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit very often, okay? And we are that to one another, and all that I hope to be today to us is to say, to be that mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit. To say, how have we gotten maybe a little bit selfish with our stuff? How have we gotten maybe a little preoccupied with worry? When at the heart of generosity is, right, we have been incredibly blessed spiritually. We've been incredibly blessed financially, academically. All the things that we've been blessed with, how are we using them to advance God's kingdom? The reality is often when our struggle with generosity comes down to a problem of the heart. Where we've strayed from the reality of the gospel. The gospel that God gave us so generously of his own son. He did not spare his own son. But he brought us into his family. Adopted us as his own. And then he simply says, use what I've given you. Use it cheerfully. Not... Kind of, okay, we have to do this. We have to talk about this every once in a while in the church. We have to give our minimum. No, we get to do this. That's what it says. Don't give reluctantly or under compulsion. I give you that freedom. For every year, here, don't ever give under compulsion unless it is by the Holy Spirit. Don't give reluctantly. Give cheerfully. Enjoy the opportunity that we get to be a part of. Very often we miss the joy of giving. This morning, just with the rest of our time, I want to just hopefully bring us back to that place where where it is a joy to be a generous people that we are, that God created us to be, that sometimes we struggle to fulfill. Because the reality of this passage here is that generosity that is rooted in the generosity of God is a place where our joy is maximized. It is a place where, where the needs of people are met, it is a place where glory is given to God. Many of you could share your story of joy. There are so many stories that I could call so many of you up here to share. Because of lack of preparation. I'm not calling any of you up to share today, but I could call you up. And I hope that in your groups, or as you mean, we're, we're often so humble that we don't ever talk about the generous people that we are. I'm not saying we go around touting all that we've done, but you are a generous people. And so share with one another, encourage one another, challenge one another to be who God created us to be, because there is much joy in being a generous people. God wants us to do this. God has provided. He's not only given us a point here, but he's given us a promise in 2 Corinthians, where he says, God is able, amen? God is able. It's a truth. It's a statement. God is able to meet your need. We have questions about then why isn't it looking exactly how I think it should. Maybe God has another plan. But God indeed is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. God has promised that he will supply the seed for our generosity. He will multiply the seed that we decide to plant. And we are gracious. Jeremy said it earlier. We are blessed to be able to experience some of the fruit. That's no guarantee. There are many that have served that will never know the impact that they had. But we get to taste some of the fruit and makes us hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. And so it says God has enriched us in every way. It says you will be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way. What are some of the ways that God has enriched us? Let's just think about this. Okay, financially, we talk about this a lot. Okay, the reality, I know we don't feel enriched in that way, but we are in the state of the world of rich people. When it comes to possessions, this is how how rich I am in possessions, that no matter how much I clean out my garage, it keeps coming in. (laughs) Yesterday, again, we threw out bins of stuff. We didn't throw it out. We took it to give to goodwill and to other needs. And there's still some stuff there that we say, like, how can we bless others with it? Because it seems like my garage is a conduit to, to, to blessing some other people. So I don't... When we were, had kids, there was one time I had like seven strollers in, in our garage just because I couldn't say no because I figured somebody would need them. And sure enough, I only, we only needed two of them, right? So we are able to give the others to, to others. How do we bless others with the possessions that we give? Education. We are in this city among the most educated people. How are we using the way that God has enriched us, we have talents and abilities that God has given us to be generous towards others. We have time, and I know we feel like we don't have enough time, but we have been given all the same amount of time, and God wants us to use our time here on this earth, and so we should be good stewards of it. And where we struggle in that, we should figure out what God wants to do with our time, and if we're using that as well. We've been given connections, relationships to network, not only in the church but in the world. I'm astounded at the connections that flow out of this church. We've been given the gospel, the gospel, the good news that is the power for salvation to steward. And so, if we've been enriched in these ways, how are we being generous in every way? It's not just about money. We should be generous in every way that God has enriched us because he promised that he will keep giving us more to be used in generous ways. So what is it that you can be generous with? Are you being generous in every way that God has enriched you? Be generous. As God blesses you financially, give generously. Take the time that you've been given and give generously. If you've been blessed with relationships, there are a lot of people, as Paul was saying, uh, that are feeling pretty lonely right now. If you've been given the experience that you've walked through, somebody today is going through that same experience, and God wants you to be generous in using what you've been through to help them through that. Use the words that God gives you. Some of you are, are awesome with words of encouragement. Be generous. We need those words of encouragement we need words of affirmation. Be generous in every way. What, what way would you be generous in? Think about it. How has God enriched you? And how will He move you to use that generously? As you will be enriched in every way. Scripture goes on and says that through us will produce thanksgiving to God. It's ultimately not about receiving thanks ourselves, it's about God getting the gratitude. And the praise for the ministry of this service is not about only supplying the needs of the saints, but is overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. Now, let's think about the, the thanksgivings that come up. As like I said, we've been, I think, a generous church. Always room for growth, and we need to keep growing if we're going to be about what God has. But think about some of the, the thanksgivings. Maybe you don't always get to see this. So I kind of brought a little family slideshow today. Um, it's my family, it's your family as well, not my, uh, or not my wife and kids, but um, here's a picture of our family And many of you know, and you were part of this back in December, our m- mission down in Haiti, where you brought, maybe it was just a blanket, maybe it was a little formula, but that went right to those kids, and they are part of our family today, the family of God. It's more than that. You heard a couple weeks ago, uh, Nick, one of the missionaries, stand here and say uh, he came up from Haiti and was talking to us. Go listen to that a couple weeks ago uh, online if you missed it. Because he sat there and he said, you guys don't understand how thankful the missionaries are, how you are a generous church. You are known as the generous church down there. Because here's a picture. Simple things that we bring down. These are the missionaries that pour out their lives And we bring down Otter Pops, Otter Pops, and chocolate. And see the smiles, that fills them up a little bit. Something simple that is for us to bring, and we bring that. There's more. We have a child sponsorship program. And a couple years ago, uh, we brought back uh, 10 kids and said, hey, church, here's 10 kids. It's $29 a month. They need their schooling paid for. They need medical paid for. They need their, their housing paid for. And for $29 a month, you impact a kid's life. And many of you came, and, and you kind of took those 10 kids. We brought back the next year 10 more, and I brought a couple of these faces. Um, they're just kind of like incredible, cute little kids, right? Let's, let's see the next one. And Miss this little uh, smile that just melts your heart, right? I mean, you hear about it. We say we go to Haiti, but you remember the people that are there. There's Mary Joy. Let me tell you about Mary Joy. You remember the earthquake in Haiti? Half her body was burned. And a missionary took her in and made her her own, adopted her. And today, one of you sponsor that child, Mary Joy. She's a little girl with a story. What's next? Little, beautiful little girl. Okay, that's the sister of the guy that when I'm down there, he uh, helps me translate when I'm preaching because uh, I don't speak Creole. Uh, but anyway, that's his little sister. His cute little girl. Let's go There's Stephanie. Another girl. Let's see what else we got here. A couple of these faces. Okay, here's Jerry. And I think Rolando's next. A couple of... Robinson. This guy is a beast on the basketball court. Beats me up every time we're there. Now, it's great to look at the little smiles, but as they get older, uh, we tend to not look at them as cute little things anymore. But I'll tell you, these guys... Go another, Willnay. These young men uh, and women that are down there who are going to change the world and are going to change Haiti. And we have an opportunity to invest a little bit, $29 a month. I know it's not, I'm not trying to do a Sally Struthers thing here, you know, for the price of a car. You know, I'm not trying to just stir you. This is a truth. Your giving makes a difference. And you don't have to give under compulsion, you don't have to give reluctantly. But there are some who God leads us to say, we want to be a part of that story. And it's a person, and it's a life. Okay, so that's some of what we do in Haiti. What else do we give to? Okay, some more of the family uh, tree here. Okay, navigators. Any navs out here? There's some of you out here. Okay, we support on a monthly basis some of the leaders, four of them, that make that ministry. You know what that means? That if we have another picture, that as they do ministry. We are part of that story. And here's another picture, and I don't quite know what's happening in this picture, <laughs> but, but people are coming to know Jesus through this ministry, and we get to be a part of it. Church, for every dollar that we put together, we give to other ministries that are making a difference, and when you give, yes, a portion of it comes to make sure we get uh, this ministry to take care of the pipeline that keeps things moving and growing, but it's going to people who have need. We have other ministries as well. Here's some of our crew uh, people and, and, uh, that, that are ministering out there on campus, and you want to know what I realized when I put this picture together? Uh, they keep having babies, and... and uh, <laughs> Like, so I think what the crew people tell you is not only is the financial support helpful, but having a family that helps make that transition. Those of you that have taken uh, these parents, these new parents under your wing, help them get it. That makes a huge difference. You have been generous. And so if we go to the next picture, the ministry that flows out of them, we are part of that story. And some of you are here and you know that story even more than I can tell. What else do we have here? Other missionaries, Ivy InterVarsity, Um, we have Japanese students, one of the missionaries that's over there. Uh, We have uh, a student, Karen Moser, ex-student Karen Moser, who is equipping people to go to countries that we can't even speak of. But you're part of that story. We support Simon Ziegler, and when he hosts about 30 international students in his home, you're part of that story. We support David Vidmar, and when he ministers uh, to Muslims... You're part of that story. What else do we have? I don't even know. We support church plants in, in Tucson, Arizona. Dave Goffney and his family. You're part of that story because they couldn't do it on their own without the support of people. So when they baptize people, when they talk about foster care, I think we have another picture here. We're a part of that story. It's not just the celebrations on the stage. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're a part of that story. We support a church in Long Island Lighthouse Community that is an ethnic they're small but they're ethnically diverse and they desire to be an ethnically diverse place that welcomes people in and tells one another about Jesus and when they do an outreach to the community at Christmas time when they baptize new believers you are part of that story I don't know if I have any other pictures up here do I have any other pictures up there there's this one which one of the members of our body here where we were in our Change the World series, when we were talking about discipleship and the way we changed the world, he told me that he was sitting there one day and he just got thinking about the impact that discoveries had of where people that have come into this body ha- have gone out to. And he sent me this map over the last three years, the impact that your generosity has had as we come together, as we build one another up, and then we send one another out. You see, Discovery, we don't just measure church by what happens in here. We believe that we're a church reaching this city to change our world. And this is how it happens. We get built up and with the generosity of God. We come and we refresh in Him. We reflect on it. We remember. And then we go and we take that generosity to wherever He leads us. Short term, long-term, wherever. That's how we are a church that changes the world. It's through our generosity. And so church, we have a couple generosity goals here. Next week, we're gonna take an offering and and here's what that generosity is gonna go to. We've been praying about that. We've been talking um, with with some of you. And number one, there are some of those Haitian orphans that are now graduating high school. There's five of them. They have a picture of their faces here. And we want to establish a college fund for two of them. And so we want to set it as a goal to collect $5,000 in this offering. We know college costs a lot more than that, but we want to get started, and we want to continue to invest. So $5,000, we hope will go to that. Also, locally, YOLO Foster Care. The graduates, there's 24 of them this year that don't have families like you and I have. And so they don't necessarily get the joy and the celebration. And so we want to designate $2,000 just to go to loving those graduates and and encouraging them moving forward. Thirdly, summer short-term missions. Okay, we got 10 applications that came in. People that are going to Mexico City, to the Philippines, to Argentina, to Honduras on dental and medical missions to be trained up and to be equipped. There's probably some other that I'm forgetting in there. We have our own Kim Habib who went on a Haiti short-term trip and is going back down for a short-term mission, thinking she may go long-term because she's willing to give up her career to go because she believes God's calling her there. So we want to be able to give $3,000 to these 10 students that are going, $300 each. And so we're going to collect for that. And finally... One final thing, you guys know Nick, who was up here. He kind of shared his story, the the missionary from Haiti. They're transitioning back. They have built their family down there. They're in the process of adopting. Uh, It's difficult for a missionary to transition back. Everyone gets excited when they go. But do we think about them when they came back? I got a letter from them this week saying, John, we're hurt. We don't know how we're going to make the transition. We're not sure what we're going to do next. Do you think the church would give us $2,500? So as elders, we talked and said, let's put this as a generosity goal. See how the church responds. Because I can imagine what it would take for, uh, as a man or as a woman, to come and say, we need help making it. We're trying to serve God. But they know that God provides through his church. So the outcome of our generosity that we should expect, number one, is that we will be enriched. We will experience the joy of being a part of God's story in this earth. Needs will be met. Those who receive our gifts will actually have fundamental needs met to go expand the gospel, to share the gospel, to have their needs met. Finally, and this is the ultimate one, God, who is the source of all blessing, will be praised. Thanksgiving goes to him. All glory goes to him. And if we want to increase our joy, if we want to meet these needs, if we want to see God glorified, he says in 2 Corinthians 9, be a generous people. We know this church. We know this. We struggle with this. But it is the gospel that continues to transform our hearts as we look at the generosity of God and he enables us to be a generous people. Let's go before our generous God. And God, forgive us for where we fail to remember your generosity. God, forgive us for like my example of thinking my driveway is my own rather than something that I've been blessed with by you. God, forgive us for failing to see the needs. God, thank you for showing us needs. Inviting us to be part of your plan in this world, to be a generous people. God, we recognize your grace. We recognize the riches that you've given us in Christ. And so I pray that you would just stir our hearts, that you would stir our hearts, God, to know the truths that you've given us, the reality that you've given us in Christ, and that we would live for you. Jesus, we love you. We receive from you. It's a blessing to receive from you, Jesus. He also told us it's a blessing to give. So teach us this truth. Teach us this truth. In Jesus' name, amen.